He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Everybody wins from this. Um, and it was incredible because the government was really impressed that as an industry, we we're helping out communities and all these types of things. So in all the conversations we were having about regulation and all this, the fact that we were getting really positive PR talking about how we're doing something good um, was really, really valuable. And of course, you know, you should never do these things because you're looking for a commercial return. But exactly. sometimes you do the right thing and actually some really exciting things come out of it. And the really exciting thing that came out of it is actually Trusted Stays. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. This is the Vacation Rental Mastermind Series, The Operator's Edition. In early 2020, I did the same series featuring the service providers in the vacation rental space. Now, after the year that we just had in 2020, I think it's time that we showcase those who have been really leading the charge and having the boots on the ground during this crazy pandemic. In this short series, we're going to focus on what makes a sustainable and profitable vacation rental management company and why it's so key to learn these tools, tactics, and of course, structures that make these companies the way they are. So sit back, grab your pen and paper, drink your coffee, and enjoy the Vacation Rental Mastermind Series Operators Edition. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast i'm your host will slickers and this is part of the vacation rental mastermind series on the show and as i told you guys in the trailer i'm interviewing the biggest and baddest property managers out in the world and today i have the pleasure of introducing Marilee carr with under the doormat based out in the uk but has a great global presence so Marilee, thank you so much for being on the show and i'm excited to chat with you today Oh, it's wonderful to be here. It's been a long time coming as we kind of been talking about. It's uh, seeing each other's names come across our emails or LinkedIn or whatever. And so I'm really just excited to get to know you. And um, yeah, you're a perfect fit for this series. You've been doing some amazing stuff during COVID-19 as hard as the year uh, 2020 has been. Uh, I'm excited to jump into your background what the moments have been leading up to this. So we'll just start off with that. Tell us a little bit about you and how you kind of got started in the industry. Yeah, so, I mean, you can probably tell a little bit from my accent. We were speaking earlier about how I'm an American, but transplanted over to Europe. So I've actually spent most of my adult life in London. Um, and I used to work in the corporate world. So I spent 13 plus years in Shell, um, doing everything from corporate strategy uh, to managing the maintenance of all the petrol sites around the world. Who, who would have ever dreamed as a child? <laughs> Um, and um, I left Shell and, and set up uh, Under the Doormat, which is a property management company uh, at the luxury end based in London. 
Um, and that was back in 2014. So um, it's of course been an exciting journey since then. Uh, besides uh, running the company, I also chair the UK industry body, the Short-Term Accommodation Association. Uh, so we work across the industry to find solutions that are gonna help the, the whole industry grow responsibly. Um, and I think that's really exciting because what I love about well, my business about this sector is the fact that it's such a collaborative sector. We're growing quickly. There's so many opportunities. And I think in many cases, the more we work together, the more opportunities there are for all of us in this space. Um, and I think as we'll talk about some of the other uh, elements of the business over time, um, you know, so much of it is actually uh, industry collaborations that have actually delivered the other parts of our business beyond being a, a simple property manager. Um, and I think those are the biggest and most exciting channels for growth um, for, for my business, but also um, supporting growth in the industry more broadly. It's music to my ears. Everything you just said is perfect, like music to my ears. The collaborative aspect of the short-term rental industry and segment of hospitality is probably the most powerful thing I've seen, especially like pre-COVID, it was still there. Like we all saw it, like people were getting really synergized, but like what, during this time um, I've seen it just really mesh together and I'm excited to hear. I have one question though. How did you get from shell to then running vacation rentals? Like what did you, were you managing properties? Did you have a property that you're putting on short-term rent? Like what was that moment where you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So it's funny, obviously I did, I did property management in Shell because I managed the maintenance of 12,000 petrol sites across 43 countries. So, you know, in many ways, our sector is about disaggregated asset management. I mean, however many properties you have, they're distributed across the city or, or whatever. Um, and so in a funny sort of way, actually what I did back then at massive scale is the type of business that property management is in in the hospitality sector but obviously you know in a very different way but i think for me the the challenge um always was that i wanted to start my own business and i wanted always to have a business i really was excited about and believed in um and back in 2014 i started doing triathlons and was traveling sometimes for races and different things and I didn't want to stay in hotels. I mean, you can't like build your bike in, in a hotel room and like you need proper breakfast in the morning at like 6 a.m. before you go to your race and all these things. So I was trying to book homes in some of the places I was going and found it really, really hard. Um, and even when I found it, I mean, back then I did, I, I tried an Airbnb in Lausanne in Switzerland um, and arrived, it wasn't cleaned. Um, and actually they'd never mentioned anywhere. We'd also be cat sitting for them. And I just thought, you know, this has to be done professionally. Like I'm happy to pay a good price, but I want the same quality that you would get in a hotel with the comfort and the facilities that you get in a home. And what I also realized is having traveled all around the world for many years in, in my shell job is that the people who have really nice homes and who are away from them, leaving them empty, are the last people who should be managing them. Actually, they're away, they don't have the time, they don't have the inclination. So actually, I was the perfect customer as, a, you know, as an employee in Shell traveling around the world for my future business. And so what I realized was, you know, you needed to separate out people who have nice homes 
from people who are delivering the hospitality experience. Um, and that's really how Under the Doormat was born. So do you think that's the coming out of the, the perspective of the customer, right? Not just being like, I'm, it's different to manage a property and manage properties at a scale like you guys are versus never of being in one as a guest, never seeing it from the guest perspective. Do you think that plays a big role into how you guys, obviously, obviously you got started, but then scaled up into the, the amount and volume that you guys are at today with inventory and properties? Yeah, I mean, look, for me, I think it always comes back to the customer experience. And, you know, because I had a bad one in my own travels, I realized that customers wanted something different. Um, and that's why, as well, we focused at the high end of the market, because I really believe that, you know, people who used to always stay in hotels are open to the idea of homes. And actually, you know, Goldman Sachs talks about how once people stay in homes, they don't go back to preferring hotels. They actually start mm. preferring homes. Um, but I always felt that in order to do that, it's all about professionalism and that proper hospitality experience. And, you know, it felt to me that you're never going to achieve that with just peer to peer. You know, you can, of course, get lucky and have a great experience on Airbnb where you meet the host and your friends for life. But actually, that's one in a million. You know, yeah. how often does that really happen? Um, whereas, you know, most people who are traveling, whether it's for business or for, for pleasure or whatever, they actually, they don't necessarily want to become friends with the person who owns the property. They just want a great property. They want a great experience. They may want some tips and guidance about what they can do in the local area. Um, but they care about cleanliness. They care about standards. And let's be honest, for any property manager in, in this industry, we all have stories where the owner thinks their property is fantastic, but we know mm -hmm. it's not. And I think, you know, as professional managers, we can always be that third pair of eyes that says, no, 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 here's the standards. And, and that's what we expect. And I think that's what's important to guests, that someone else is doing that for them. And they don't have to be the one that arrives on a Friday night when they're expecting a wonderful holiday for a week to find that actually it's not at all what they expected. Yeah, no, exactly. And the, the amount of work that goes into it, like, you know, talking to friends and family and, and even some clients of ours, like you probably have experienced too, they think it's pretty simple. Okay, we're going to go in, do this, this, this. And then you're like, no, actually, we got to talk about uh, booking platform, photos, marketing, uh, linen, thread count, uh, amenities, experiences, guidebooks. And then they're like, what? And you're like, yeah, actually, this is, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, and like you said, this is a standard um, and we have to meet it. Like there's just no, we can't be that, we're not gonna be successful if we're not meeting this. And um, another key thing that I think you're talking about is that consistency. When I stay at a courtyard from by Marriott, I know that the one in Washington state and the one in Florida are gonna be pretty dang similar. They're gonna be pretty consistent um, because that's what hotels have done well. And I think from what you're talking and I can see from under the doormat as well, the consistency across the board on inventory. You guys are in the luxury, you know your, your type of property, you know your clientele and you know what type of properties you want. So I think that consistent, um, just, yeah, I guess consistency and, quality and control of the experience is really something that's been missing. And I'm hoping as we're, you know, in 2021, uh, continues to have an up climb. 
I mean, look, I think it's actually one of the things coming out of the crisis that's become even more important than it ever was. Um, you know, in the UK, we've launched an accreditation program um, under the doormat was one of the first companies to get accredited um, and showing those standards. Um, more, more recently, we launched um, a partnership with Cadogan Estates, one of the big landowners in London. Uh, and so we're operating Three Sloan Gardens, which is a boutique apart hotel. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think for businesses that really want to grow, you need that credibility and you need a clear set of standards both for customers as well as for, you know, the supply partners or the, the owners of the properties that you want to work with. Um, but I think what we can do that hotels can't mm -hmm. is we can provide standards, but not everything being standardized. Yeah, exactly. And that authenticity and that experience that you can provide in a home but with the right standards is, I think, the golden ticket. It's that exactly. combination of standards with authenticity. Um, and, and that's ultimately what, what we look to provide. Um, and I think, you know, coming onto the journey, and you know, you're, you're talking a little bit about where we are and how we've evolved. What we also realized is two things. One, you know, our industry is made up of, I think in Europe alone, more than 20,000 small property managers, companies that are out there providing great experiences for their guests, having good relationships with their owners and constantly bringing new supply into the market. But a lot of those owners, um, you know, they don't have all of the systems. They don't have a 24 seven reservation desk. A lot of people get into this and they've, they, they get five properties or 10 properties, they get to 20 and they're bursting at the seams. They're working mm -hmm. 24 by seven. They're killing themselves mm -hmm. because it's really hard to actually take that leap from doing 10 or 20 properties to getting to 50. Mm -hmm. And when you do the systems, the processes, all the things you need to do that are completely different than when you're just managing a few properties for a few friends and putting them up on Airbnb. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about you need all the platforms, you know, all the relationships of the platforms, you know, you have to then most platforms, if you don't have 50 or 100 properties, won't even talk to you. You just have to call exactly. their help desk. Yeah. So it, in, in the end, what we did was actually take what we built for under the doormat and actually offer that to all these small property managers so that they can build their own businesses, stay authentic, not just have to like sell out to a big property manager um, and that's what Hosperia is about. And to be honest, I think the timing for Hosperia couldn't have been better because it's exactly now that people are realizing, you know, with, with all the challenges that happened with Airbnb back in the spring, people are realizing you can't just rely on one channel to market. You have to have multiple, but having multiple means you need the right system to manage them. And as you scale, you also need field management technology. You need the right accounting software so that you're not spending days trying to figure out the statements for your owners. Mm -hmm. um, you need pricing dynamic software. You need all this stuff, but you want it in one place so that when you only have 20 properties or 30 properties or 50 properties, you can actually go into one place. Everything is there and you're able to, to manage it without having to go out and figure out which pricing technology, which field management technology, and try and integrate them all together because most companies don't have their own tech team. Mm -mm. Um, and so that's been really exciting to see that journey because again, you know, my passion for the industry is about us being lots of independents, lots of entrepreneurs. 
And if we can actually help those entrepreneurs to succeed as we recover after COVID, um, we're going to be an even stronger industry coming out the other side. I couldn't agree more. And for any of the listeners are tuning into this, like need to just pay attention to every word that came out of your mouth at that point, because that is just the pure gold that we're looking for. As like you said, the professionalism, we're not wanting to be standardized, but we want to create standards. And I love that. And I'm pretty sure, you know, um, Matt Landau, who is very well known in this space. And he has a thing uh, called the limited edition theory or theory, uh, where we are in that sense, professional, we are creating standards, but we create limited edition moments, we create limited edition experiences, because none of our properties, whether we have a standard or not, are going to be the same. That's what's so cool about our space versus a Marriott or a Hilton or a IHG, like all the Holiday Inns are pretty pretty dang close to being the same. Um, so like, this is what's really cool is that limited edition type of, I guess not movement, but more of a creation that we have that creative space. And um, with that, you mentioned Hospiria and I want to dive into that really quick because um, from what I understood, this is a, the, you guys pretty much just took your systems and operations and everything that you used for under the doormat and created it for individual owners slash property managers around the world. Can you dive into what this exactly is? Is this a tech stack that you pretty much franchise out? Is this a distribution channel that people have to have their own um, systems in place and PMSs and all these other connectivity things? Like what, give me the, give me the, uh, the dirty details, I guess, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, in a way, you can kind of call it the hub. Hospiria wow. is the central system because I think one of the things we learned early on is that there's so many different pieces of tech out there to deliver yeah. what you need. You know, you need pricing software, you need a channel manager, you need a PMS, you need field management software, you need accounting software. I mean, all this stuff. And it's completely daunting. I mean, you don't yeah. have the time to figure them all out. And Often what happens is people will be like, oh, I need a software. And so they go sign up to a PMS or sign up to a channel manager. But that doesn't solve their problem because actually all that does is actually open up a whole new window of problems exactly. and decisions they need to make and things they need to figure out how to use. So what I saw in, in some of our early Hospiria partners is they had a channel manager already. They just weren't using it very well. They had mm. a PMS already, but they didn't really know how to get the value out of it. And so what Hasperia does is, uh, is, is kind of depending on the size of the company, we could do two things. We can either just provide the tech stack, which is that one central hub that connects in your pricing software, your channel management, your PMS, your field management, your accounting, all those things. So you just have one window into the world. Mm -hmm. Simplicity. I mean, so, that's so it really is, needs. it really is all those products into one. You guys have, okay. Perfect. And, just... and we don't pretend to be the expert in all of those products. In mm -hmm. many cases, what we've done is we found the best products in the market. So we partner with Rentals United on the channel management side. We partner with Breezeway on mm -hmm. the field management side. But of course, we can get better prices because we can bring together all the small guys exactly. into one thing. And we built the APIs. We have all those connections because a small guy with 10 or 20 properties is never going to get an API into Breezeway, is never going to get an API into all of the different channels. And the other thing that's been really exciting is we also have some channels that we can help people get into that they can't on their own. 
So mm. for example, a property manager with five or 10 or 30 properties can't get into Expedia. They, yeah. they won't take companies that have less than 50. Um, property managers that size can't get into Marriott Homes and Villas. We're the first company in the world who is allowed to bring other companies into Marriott Homes and Villas through us as long as they meet the right standards. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's been really great to see how, you know, rather than all of these small companies having to sell out or, or you know, or, or have to merge in order to get bigger, actually they can access all the technology they need and they can really focus on what they want to do, which is working with their owners, providing great guest experiences. Um, and for the guys who don't want just technology, they want a bit more support, we can also be their reservations desk and be their mm. 24 by seven support. So it kind of depends on how much they want to do themselves and how much they actually want us for. We've built all that infrastructure and therefore why wouldn't we offer it out to companies to help them get bigger quicker? That's such a good point. And I love that because like you said, there are so many, getting a PMS creates a whole nother headache because yes, you're able to streamline and connect to other things, but you have to connect to other things like you're like you're talking about and all the softwares that go behind it. And that's great that you guys recognize that saying we've already built this. Why, why are all these people going through this headache to, to do this? We've already, we've already paved the way. So why not offer this? And I, I think that's perfect. And it goes right back into that collaborative uh, piece that you're talking about for the industry, that the more we collaborate, the more we understand we're in this together, whether we're competition or not, like, the end of the day this this industry only grows if we grow together and i love that um and so with hospiria let me get i guess for let's say what's the i guess barrier to entry for property managers or people that are just getting in the in the industry um let's say they're that that small team of people that have like three properties just on Airbnb alone. Um, what's that barrier to entry like for Hospiria as a product or a service? So, I mean, look, if let, let's say they've got three properties, they're, they're on Airbnb at the moment. Um, what they would do is provide us all the information about those properties and, and, and basically submit those in. We would get them set up, not just on um, Airbnb, but actually on all of the other platforms. And they would have one calendar so they can see all the bookings, doesn't matter where they came from. Um, they'll actually then also see all the details of like the breakdown of the amount that the owners get and how much they keep, mm. um, the costs, and they're able to manage all that stuff in the system. Um, so they'll be connected to all the different platforms, more than 40. If they meet the right standards, they can get onto some of the exclusive ones like Marriott as well, yeah. um, which is of course, instantaneously giving them access to customers they wouldn't already, they wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, you know, compared to then the guy up the road who's talking to an owner, they can say, well, you might go with that guy, but he can't get you onto Marriott. I can. Mm -hmm. um, and so it gives them competitive edge in, in their area or their market. Um, and then we also, of course, have the dynamic software, the field management, all the different technologies that are going to help them to scale effectively. So, you know, it, it means that some of the problems that you encounter when you don't have, let's say, photo inventories and all these kinds of things, we can actually just help them set up their processes in the right way from the beginning so they don't end up with 
big issues of, you know, a party happening at a house and everything getting damaged and not having the protection you need. Mm -hmm. um, and we even have, you know, possibility for insurance products and, and other things. So basically it's, it's a way for someone who is new into the game um, or someone who has been small and hasn't been very, you know, technology uh, focused in the past to actually immediately become tech enabled, immediately have access to all the systems um, and to be working together with us, either they can just access the, you know, the, the technology and do it all themselves if they want, or if they want that extra support to kind of help them as a business know, okay, look, here's how you do it. And here's how you can make the most of the different technologies you have, um, then we can help them with that. That's awesome. And so now, you guys implemented this when in 2020? I just want to know the time frame for that. So we actually piloted it in 2019. So okay. we've had something like Hosperia going for, for almost two years now. And then we launched officially Hosperia back in August. Okay, back in August. So how has that actually played out during COVID-19 and leading into 2021? We've obviously had a crazy start <laughs> to this year. So, um, you know, I think a little bit of 2020 is left in, in 2021. But um, let's, how has that played out with these these managers or um, just people I mean, people it's been in? really interesting because I think we've got two different types of people who've really wanted it. We've had, um, you know, we've had some service department companies, um, Companies like hotels who have some mm -hmm. apartments alongside of it that don't yeah. know the distribution channels, don't understand our industry. And those guys wanted, they want into Hosperia because it gives them access to our industry and our world. Yeah. And then we also have traditional ho holiday homes companies who maybe haven't had very much tech in the past and they've re realized the importance of it now. Mm -hmm. um, the multi-channel approach, getting access to all the OTAs and all those things as well as the kind of, let's say, smaller, um, more urban or kind of Airbnb focused companies that have also realized they don't want to just be reliant on Airbnb and they want to actually transform their business from just being an Airbnb business to actually being a proper property management and, yeah. and professional short-term rental company. Um, so I'd say those are the different groups that we've had come on board. Um, most recently, we, we signed up a new client in Colorado Awesome. Um, so a business that's got 65 properties. So, you know, probably for us on the larger side, um, but it, you know, they, they run hotels and things and ski resorts, but they have a bunch of apartments and, and they wanted to really understand better how to actually market and, and reach the right customers for that, for that type of property. No, oh, that's awesome. And I, I was going to ask, so does Hospira give the, um, the property managers, the company to have the um, direct booking option? Because we've been talking about Airbnb and all these channels, but we all know, um, and I was gonna say this earlier, was that you don't build your house on somebody else's land, which is what we learned with um, the beginning of the pandemic when everyone lost full control of the reservations on those platforms and the income from that. Um, so does this give them that option? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're even looking at how we can integrate um, their website directly into the system. So that way, you know, they still have one single calendar and one thing which actually allows them to manage everything that they want. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we think it's important. Everybody should have their own website. Everybody yes. should have, you know, details about who they are and why people should book with them. 
Um, and we want to work with companies to enable all channels to market, you know, because look, the reality is, and sometimes people talk about, oh, well, only direct bookings, those are the only good ones. And it's like, well, not really. I mean, even the best hotel companies mm -hmm. might have 50% direct bookings, but the other 50% are not coming through their direct channels. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you want to be a really successful, profitable business, you need a mix. And yeah. I think that's actually the most successful uh, way to go about it. That, and it's a fun challenge, I think, to say, all right, this person is from an OTA. Let's get them to book with us again next time directly. Like, how can we make their, their experience so great that they never want to, um, you know, not call us or book on our website or be a part of our Facebook when we put promotions or all those other things? You know, how can we make it so uh, unexpectedly pleasant uh, that they want to, you know, go out of their way from the other platforms and, and do that? Completely. But the other thing that I think we can't forget is that, you know, it also, you, you spend time building your website, time mm -hmm. marketing directly. Um, and there's a point, especially when you're smaller, where the cost of that time and that marketing is more expensive than paying an OTA. 100%. OTAs, uh, I loved it. Accor Hotels CEO said, OTAs are fantastic. Just never pay for the same customer twice. Amen. But they yep. are cheap customer acquisition. And so if you see it as I pay X amount to acquire that customer, but then I keep that customer for myself for the future, it just means you have a constant stream of new customers coming into your business. Um, and reality is, is, you know, like what would be better? Do you want to spend on Google advertising? Mm -hmm. Because that's not cheaper. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm glad that you brought that up because the paying and yeah, the core CEO, uh, said it perfectly. And we even had Andrew McConnell on the show with rented.com. And he said the same thing, you know, you know, it's fine to acquire them through an OTA once, but shame on you. If you allow them to go through that same channel again, like you need to make it so that way your customer acquisition on the OTA is cheap in the beginning, but doesn't continue to become a consistent acquisition every time for that same guest. So I yeah. love that you said that that was beautifully worded and, and, and played out. So now we're, we're really into, I want to kind of dive into something because this is kind of cool with your perspective. I'm in America. Um, things are locked down. Things aren't locked down in some states. Some are, you know, open. Uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, travel to um, Mexico from a lot of uh, Americans going back and forth and doing kind of some kind of vacationing. Um, obviously, the Mexican uh, government has just now required uh, every American citizen to get tested before um, flying back home. Um, well, actually, I think it's our government that made that. But anyways, uh, long story short, you are in the UK. And so walk us through your perspective. What's been going on? I've obviously been seeing there's been lots of stuff going with the, the more strict lockdowns and the uh, travel to the EU and all this other stuff. What, what's your thoughts? What's the, the overall restrictions and lockdown? How's that played into what you guys are doing with Under the Doormat and Hospiria and uh, Trusted States? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a really interesting one, and and I, I guess I'll kind of speak a little bit from an industry perspective. Um, we, I mean, in the UK, we had a really long um, kind of you know quite strict lockdown um, starting at the end of March last year up to the fourth of July, mm -hmm. um, and you know during that period we actually came together as an industry and you know companies like One Fine Stay, Sykes Cottages, which has like twenty thousand properties across the UK. 
um, Under the Doormat, Altido, which you might have heard of. Um, yes. So there are a whole bunch of companies that all came together and said, you know what, our properties would otherwise sit empty. Let's open them up and offer them to NHS workers. You know, mm -hmm. these guys are the heroes in, in this whole story. Um, and a lot of them were afraid of, you know, giving COVID to their family members if they would come back home and all these types of things. So we just said, well, look, let's open this up. Um, you know, we won't charge for the accommodation. Um, they pay a small amount just to cover the cost of cleaning, which also keeps supply chains operating and keeps our cleaners earning a little yeah. bit of income. Um, so everybody wins from this. Um, and it was incredible because the government was really impressed that as an industry, we we're helping out communities and all these types of things. So in all the conversations we were having about regulation and all this kind of thing, the fact that we were getting really positive PR talking about how we're doing something good um, was really, really valuable. And of course, you know, you should never do these things because you're looking for a commercial return, but exactly. sometimes you do the right thing and actually some really exciting things come out of it. And the really exciting thing that came out of it is actually trusted stays. So the short-term accommodation association, the industry body, um, basically now has come together and we have what's called trusted stays. And that means any company who's accredited in the UK can put their stock on trusted stays and can sell commercially to government mm. and also in the future into corporates. And what's been really interesting is in the NHS Homes program, we said to government, well, look, you're paying hotels to house people. Why would you not pay us? We offer a better product. We're actually offering socially distanced accommodation. If people are gonna be staying for two, three months, they don't wanna be stuck in a hotel room. And that at first they're like, yeah, but you're just peer to peer. You have no standards. And we said, well, no, hold on a second. We've got this accreditation. We've built that. The Ministry of Housing Communities and Local Government endorsed it. We've, we've done all these things. So having done all those things as an industry prior to COVID, it meant that when COVID happened, we had a story. Mm -hmm. um, and so then what we did was actually build that into a platform. And they said, well, the only way we're going to work with you is if there's one route in. We don't want to work with hundreds of different companies. That's too messy for us. We said, fine, we'll build it. So we built Trusted Stays. And by the end of the summer, we actually had a platform, which meant that all the companies in the industry could offer their inventory to government through one single source. Um, and now, literally today, we just pressed, um, you know, pressed go on a government RFP for the next two years for all of the transient accommodation for government. To give you an idea, that's 30,000 room nights a wow. year in London alone. Wow. And this is an RFP for the whole of the UK. So all of a sudden now, having come together as an industry to do something good in the summer last year, we now have something which means that government is willing to buy stays in our homes. And that's for everybody in the industry who wants to participate. It's not exclusive to my company. It's not exclusive to, to people. Anyone who meets the standards can be a part of it. Of course, the government does require standards. So you have yes. to get accredited in order to do it. But having done that, you can imagine government's the most conservative. It also means we're now in the systems to be able to offer this to corporates as well. And this, of course, means that as we recover coming out the other side, not only are we going to be offering our homes to leisure travelers, we're going to be offering them to government workers, we're going to be offering them to corporates. 
And given people's travel habits are changing, there couldn't be a better time because corporates are not just going to send people on one day trips anymore. Like it's too hard, but they might send people for a couple of weeks, but then they don't want to stay in a hotel. They actually mm -hmm. want to stay in a home. Yeah. Um, and our sector for the first time, I believe, at STR, we're doing a pilot with them and the data shows that 11% of customers say that they see coming out of COVID staying in a home as safer than staying in a hotel. Because as long as you have the professional standards, why wouldn't you? You get more space, you can cook on your own, you don't have to go out and you're not in a big building with hundreds mm -hmm. of other strangers from lots of different countries who you don't know. So it gives people more control, they feel safer, and I think more companies and, and governments across the world are going to be interested in this. And, and the great thing is, having built it in the UK, we've tested it here, but Trusted Stays is a platform that can work anywhere, and we've already built it. So why would we not think about how we can actually offer that in any country, in Europe, in the US, because all of us want to be building more confidence in what we do, so that, you know, if government workers are staying in our properties, they're not going to shut down short term rentals in their city because they'll have experienced it themselves and they'll understand that we are a professional sector. And I think that's that's critical, because if we don't stop people from thinking that we aren't, you know, that we're not good then we are going to see more regulations come in. We're going to see our sector shrink. And actually, this is all about helping our sector to grow to its fullest possible potential. Well, it's, and it's funny, too, because we talk about regulations and we talk about going to your, um, you know, these class action, uh, maybe not lawsuits, but, you know, these these town halls and these meetings are, are, do we regulate? Do we not regulate? How strictly do we regulate? Um, and it's these these are people that either don't travel or they travel and they stay in hotels. It's easier for them to regulate something they never experienced. Now they've experienced it and they're getting the option to experience it. It's going to be harder to regulate because they're going to see everything that we've been preaching as an industry, whether it's in the UK, America, or Europe, that we're all trying to preach the same thing. And I love how under the doormat itself has become like the pillar of we've done all this as our company. Now we're going to offer this to other people getting into the industry or that just need help and guidance. But then we're going to really make sure that this product, this trusted stays shows unification, shows standardization without being standardized, like you said, and is, is just taking everything that we've embodied as an industry. And I think this is where it's going to get interesting and really incredible as we go through 2021, 2022, and hopefully start to see some kind of normalcy, especially with travel, especially with hospitality, with things being able to open and, and you know, who depending on vaccine or no vaccine, like depending on how we as, move as a, as a world, as a global united uh, world, it's going to be pretty pretty intense in this, the, the amount of growth that COVID-19 has brought. Um, do you think, I want to ask you this just kind of off, off the cuff, do you think trusted stays or stuff like this would have come about if we didn't have the pandemic? No. I mean, literally, it was not something on anyone's horizon before the pandemic. And look, is that to say, would we have found a way to try and get into corporates and government through different routes? Maybe. But I definitely don't think trusted stays would have um, come together in the way that it has or that it would have been the kind of 
full industry initiative that it's become if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. So, you know, look, if that's a positive that comes out of it, and it means that everyone in the UK and hopefully in other countries as well, is all of a sudden able to sell into completely new markets that hotels have had a lock on, like that's super exciting. And if we consider that before the pandemic, our sector was growing at 30% year on year. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we open up those new markets, just imagine what's possible. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, you're getting me amped up like this. Like, I want to get my company on board right now. Like, like, this is what we've been waiting for in the sense. And and the fact that the, I don't know if maybe it's you know, the flood of information on social media and through other things right now that's going on, but like, we, we need more people to know about this. Like we need to, like, why is this not being preached and yelled from the rooftops and, and from many areas. And so I think this is just super incredible. And then the, it's interesting to see how it's all come together for a united purpose. I think we are all doing our own things, trying to benefit the industry pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, and just we're like, well, I'm doing my thing, but you guys keep doing your thing. Like, you're doing good. Keep keep doing good over there. Like, you're fine. And then now it's given us a purpose. Like, we we need each other. We need this opportunity to to, to show. And I think that's one thing, like as a hotelier myself, like I started out with hotels. I started out with Marriott. I started, in, uh, I managed a boutique property until the day I quit, you know, where I took on the podcast full time in my, my other management company um, is that, you know, we're finally, I think you're, I'm, a, I don't know. I'm trying, I always try to balance it out for my audience. Like, I don't want them to think I'm against hotels. I'm not against Norfor either, but I think this is the year that hotels understand and embrace the short-term rental industry and segment because it does come together better than anything I've ever seen. Um, hotels are very competitive in their markets and they're competitive in a lot of other areas, whether it's a friendly co competition or some non-friendly competitions. <laughs> um, but this is where I think it's super different and super unique. Um, and I, I think you guys paving the way and doing what you've been doing has really showed that that purpose that we were looking for prior to all this. Like we we didn't have that reason to come together like this. And it's unfortunate that yes, it's during a pandemic that has killed hundreds of thousands of people, but we're coming together. And hopefully I'm I, I actually want your thoughts on this. Um, once we're on the other side, um, it continues to move forward together. I mean, look, I, I absolutely believe it will. And, you know, in, in my industry chair role, I'm, you know, I'm working really closely with Carlos from the EHHA, with Megan, who's the CEO of uh, VRMA in, mm -hmm. in the US. Um, and I also think, you know, as associations, we're trying to think about how do we, how do we get to a place where we've got a global um, standard for accreditation? How can we come together and, you know, hopefully when, when things open up again, that we can, you know, we can have conferences and bring the whole industry together to talk about all these subjects and, and help each other to grow our businesses. Um, and I think, you know, that, that spirit of collaboration and working together is, has never been stronger. But I don't think that's going to change coming out the other side. I think, you know, if if the right voices and the right attitudes stay within our industry, we are just absolutely going to be stronger as a result. And I think other industries like the hotel industry are going to look at us and, and actually be really jealous. Mm -hmm. 
No, I agree. And hopefully want to join in. Like I'm hoping that yeah. it brings, it's it takes away, I'm working on another project for the show, you know, getting vacation rentals and hoteliers to actually talk and be like, okay, we, we're not gonna, like, we want to join. Like we understand that we both are in this space together. We're a hospitality um, and there's no need to be separated. We can, we can do a lot of same things together and it maybe even just open up the conversation. Maybe it'll never work. I don't know, but just well, having that. Working. I mean, look, Marriott Homes and Villas has entered our sector. Accor Hotels bought one fine stay. Very and, true. you know, I talked to hoteliers. Um, I've spoken at conferences. I, I wrote an article recently for Hospitality Insights mm. uh, about how the big opportunity for hoteliers is to understand our sector and start to invest in it. Mm. Very true. It's Very not true. to see us as a threat that's taking away their business. Yeah. At the end of the day, those guys have bigger pockets than anyone. So invest in us, collaborate with us, work with us. You know, at the end, they've got loyal customers who've been who've been coming to their brands for years. Well, if those platinum customers- on, platinum, I was gonna say platinum member on Marriott, like right here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if those customers want to stay in a home, well, then partner with a company who provides a similar brand and a similar quality. I mean, yeah. if you look at the hotel companies, they've got- patchworks of brands i mean marriott has i don't know how many different brands in its portfolio so do each of them do so why would they not have home brands in their portfolio just like they have different types of hotel brands so i actually think it, it goes even beyond just talking to each other i actually think now is the moment that we we need to start to see these sectors merge i agree i you said it perfectly and that i have nothing else to add you just put the cherry on top of the milkshake right there. Um, so my, I, I guess I want to get into what are your, some top learnings? Obviously you guys have probably learned a ton. Like not only has it been a pandemic and, you know, probably trying to save, not save, but, you know, keep going as under the doormat, but then creating all these other businesses and segments of your business. Um, what have been some of the top learning attributes or learning moments that you have had from this time and they're going to continue to apply to 2021 and when things even get back to normal yeah i mean look i think for me the number one thing is probably coming back to what we've talked a little bit about which is you know the soul of our industry is what's going to make our industry great longer term which is this mm -hmm. combination of standards and authenticity yeah um and i think you know, it's hard sometimes when commercially there's pressure on your business and all these things, um, you know, to to actually sometimes cut corners or do different things. Um, but I think for us, you know, one of the best things that happened last year was that we launched with Cadogan Estates and Three Sloan Gardens. Um, and, you know, for, for viewers who aren't in the UK, Cadogan Estates is one of the landed gentry, you could call them, of, of um, the UK. So they own a whole bunch of, you know, whole central part of London. Um, these guys are super conservative. Um, and so for them to, you know, work with a company in our sector is already, you know, something very different for them. Um, but, you know, they only would do that because of standards and professionalism and a, a demonstrated track record of these things. Um, and so I just think sometimes it's about just making sure that no matter how hard it gets, you stay true to yourself. Because if you are, and if you're clear about what those values are, then those are the things that will get you through anything. And it, it, it hopefully means as well that 
you know, people trust you, you know, you can't launch trusted stays and Hosperia and try and work with what could be competitors in the industry, unless all those people actually see you as someone who's genuinely out there to support their interests. Um, And I think that's something which for me, starting to see how that now works and the value that that has, not just for our business, but of course, for anyone that we partner with, that you can have that trust is is probably the one thing that all come out of this whole period um really happy that that it's there because yeah i mean look it's for anyone who says this has been all all fun and games and everything great i just don't believe them (laughs) um and even that i'm really in a way now looking back and saying i'm so happy this year happened because there's been some monumentous things that came out of it um, I mean, I, I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't necessarily go, oh, well, let's just replay that year as, as it happened. <laughs> and I'm not sure there's anyone who would. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say it, it's like, um, one of my friends in, in August, when I was on the COVID orders for the testing sites here in Washington state, uh, she was like, this is the best worst thing that could probably happen to us as an industry. Uh, we're both industry, um, operators and stuff. So I, I totally agree. It's the worst, best thing that could probably happen. I wouldn't maybe ask for a replay or a reliving of it. Um, but I do want, I want one final question from you and uh, what drives you? Like I, I literally have, haven't felt something like this from an interview in a long, long time. I haven't I haven't been able to feel people's energy through zoom. This is very hard to do these like when we're in person i probably would have been bouncing off the walls during this but uh <laughs> you you've made me you've made me feel something through a computer screen i find that like as a hard task what what drives you why why do you have this energy what's that what's that purpose behind what you're doing um i mean i think for me it just fundamentally comes down to you know i'm someone who wants to make a difference um I, i've always wanted to own my own company and grow and build something um, but I don't want to just build something to make money. I want to build something that's actually going to have a lasting impact, uh, not just for me, but for all the people that, that I work with. Um, and, you know, I guess in some ways that sounds very kind of high level and, and, and superficial, but actually I think it's in many ways, probably the most grounded thing you can have ever, because you have to get up every morning and be excited that you're doing something that actually has meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meaning has to be more than more money in the bank. I mean, that just isn't going to change my life. Um, and so while I want a successful company, I want a successful company and I want successful partners and all these things, because ultimately, you know, the impact that that has more broadly on the industry, on other people's lives is, is bigger than me. Um, I think you know, I was really lucky in, in my shell days. I, I've traveled to like, I don't know, 75 or more countries and I've got wow. to see so much of the world. Um, and I think when you travel a lot and you, you know, you see people who have a lot, you see people who have very little, you experience so many different things. And actually what you realize is that money is never going to buy you happiness, mm-hmm. but actually, you know, and, and that's why for me, like, you know, there are companies out there that their vision is to just buy up all the small operators and turn it into one big company. That's not my vision. My vision is to actually help all the entrepreneurs to be successful. And yes, of course, we have to make a profit in order to keep growing that and all these sorts of things. 
Um, but I think that's a very different way of approaching things. Um, and that's what excites me. It's just another replication of the, the unification that you're talking about. It's just one way to be unified, but in a, in a different model, like not the approach of unified as in you're unified because I bought all of you um, and you now have no entrepreneur creative freedom um, versus you're the entrepreneur, you're the operator, but here are the tools and resources. Let's band together, set the standard and, and continue moving forward. I love that. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't have asked for a better guest to have on the show, to be honest. And so thank you so much. I, I just, where can the audience members listen or find more information? Obviously I'm going to take everything, but what um, I guess would be a go-to spot for any of the listeners today? I mean, look, obviously we've got the Under the Doormat website. Uh, we've got the Hospiria website, um, which has all the details about how we partner with companies and obviously then trusted stays as well. Um, I mean, I think all of them, if you Google them, they'll come up, but um, obviously as well, happy to share with you, um, you know, some of those details so that we can get those out to, to listeners as well. Um, and always open to people to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, I think this is a sector where the more we all work together in lots of different ways, the better. Um, so I always welcome connecting with new people that I haven't met and um, seeing if there's a way we can help each other. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a, an exciting episode, an inspirational episode for me specifically. I, I think I've had goosebumps the whole the whole time you've been speaking. So um, that's, like I said, just very thankful for you being on and for being a part of the Vacation Rental Mastermind series, uh, the Operators Edition exclusively uh, here on the podcast. It's just been amazing. So thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to continue to watch you guys do what you do and, and be a part of it. Amazing. It's been great to talk to you and, and great to be a part of the series. You guys are doing fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.